2: Hey, this is Annie. Oh, yeah, and Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I've Never Told You, production of iHeartRadio.
1: I forgot what we were doing for a second. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it happens to all of us, Samantha. It happens to all of us. And this is a very special episode because it's a yes. woman around the world. Today, we wanted to highlight some listener mail that we've received from some of you lovely listeners, women and non-binary alike. And yeah, yeah, you are the focus. Around the this. world. Around yes. the world. And we, we're hoping to do more of these. So always, we love hearing from you. Keep those messages coming. They they brighten our day so much. And if you have a hard time figuring out our email, because
1: our email is complicated, just uh, message us. Yes.
2: Yeah, Twitter, Instagram. You can find us. Yeah, I've, the, we've been told the email is... Clunky and we hear you. And we know we know that's true. <laughs> we uh, don't disagree.
0: <laughs> we do not
2: disagree. Maybe we can contact someone about changing it. So <laughs> let's let's dive right in here. Bryce wrote. Longtime listener, first time caller. I've always wanted to say that. LOL. I enjoyed it. Yes, I do. Please listen to Meet Me at the Altar. They are amazing pop punk. I'll list a few other bands. Spirit Box, Ganser, Pleasure Venom, Polystyrene, Bam Bam. So this was in response to the episode we did on Emo and Pump Punk and the Yeah. Uh, of Pop Punk, excuse me. <laughs> uh, of the unfortunate you. misogyny in that world. But we we asked, we we put out a call for women and non-binary folks in that space making amazing music. And you listeners have responded. And I'm very, very excited about right. these recommendations. I'm so excited to check them out. Oh, I have one more for you from
1: one of our Instagram followers slash listeners, obviously. Her name is Callie, at, or at least that's her uh, Instagram name. And <laughs> I'm going to say Chadester. I'm so sorry if I just butchered your name. Uh, we love you. But they recommend that we do Diet Sig for a girl pop punk band as well. So put that in your
2: suggestion box. Oh. I am so excited. I'm legitimately very, very excited to check these bands out. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And then we also have Catherine who wrote, forgive me if you did mention it and I spaced out, but Julia Krijewski of Germany is the first woman to win individual gold in eventing, which we just figured out was an equestrian triathlon, apparently. Mm -hmm. So there you go. That's very cool. Despite frequently beating out the men in the annual FEI five-star events, which are actually more difficult than the Olympics. Only this year do we finally have a woman as the individual gold medalist. And no, we didn't know that, so thank you. That is incredible and congratulations to Germany for that. Yes,
2: that was one of the events that I was saying, like, when I was watching these Olympics this year and the announcer would be like, this is the first time a woman has ever won a medal and and an equestrian has won. I was like, what, really? (laughs) Right? So, yeah, that's amazing. And thank you for bringing that to our attention. Um, We have another email about the Olympics from Steph, who wrote, Really enjoyed your Olympic wins for women part one episode. I have many feelings and opinions about the Olympics this year, which have made me less than enthusiastic about watching most events. But I follow the women's soccer events closely as I'm a big fan of Canada's national team. I don't know if this got much press in the U.S., but their gold medal win made Quinn the first openly trans person to win an Olympic medal. Yay! One of our major national news sources has a piece on Quinn here, which I thought was pretty well done. I also had a good chuckle at Trump's expense, given that his quote, woke means you lose, was so proven wrong. After their win, my partner and I chanted, woke wins, woke wins. (laughs) As a general observation, I can't be the only one who finds the IOC's non-reaction to trans athletes very confusing, given their obsession with women's bodies in general, right? Anywho, thanks for the great work. I love how open you have been about your own growth experience and opinion. P.S. It goes without saying, but bronze is certainly a win. (laughs) And any of the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team athletes could run circles around Trump any day of the week. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And yes, uh, we did go on to talk about that in our Olympic wins for women part two, but that is a huge achievement and long overdue. And I, I love your reaction, the yes. partner, your partner, <laughs> your reaction to it, um, to that Best win. In the and congratulations to you, yes. to Quinn and to you, because that is very exciting. I know Way we can, to go, like, Canada. Yeah. All- Even though
1: there's a little bit of competition, way to go, Canada. <laughs> yes. We are proud. And then listener Lauren wrote, First of all, I love the podcast. It is super informative, therapeutic, eye-opening, and has changed my life in so many meaningful ways, especially your segment on bisexuality. I was closeted for a long time, and when I tried to come out seven-ish years ago, I was talking to an extended family member I was living with and close to at that time, and I had been experiencing physical and romantic attraction to women for years by that point and decided to take the first step. They simply scoffed at me and said, quote, you're like college girl gay. Oh, no. Um, And I can be super impressionable, especially around people I look up to. And that statement really stuck with me. I already didn't feel like my sexuality was legitimate. And while that conversation didn't stop me from further pursuing relationships with women, it certainly fueled my existing doubts and insecurities. Fast forward to 2017, when I first started dating the man who would become my husband. While I wanted to share that part of myself with him, I just couldn't do it. Some days I felt like a fraud, and other days I would think, what's the point? Or the old standby, was I just trying to feel special? Also, I didn't want to offend anyone either. It felt like claiming something while hiding behind hetero privilege. I resolved it was too late to come out. Then in June of 2019, I saw Sminty's newly released segments on bisexuality and gave them a listen. It was like waking up. I thought, whoa, wait, and what am I doing? Why was I thinking about it the way that I was? Of course, I'm bisexual. I love women and I love being with them romantically and physically. Obviously, I'm bisexual and I'm engaged to a man. That's what that means. And so I summoned the courage and came out to my then fiance and what happened next cemented our relationship for life. He thanked me for opening up to him, didn't judge me and committed himself as an ally. There was no, but yeah, how many women have you even dated or, but you're straight now, right? No allusions to biphobia or birasure could be found and no perverted propositions of threesomes that definitely would have been a deal breaker. Agreed. I eventually decided to come out to my parents and sister who met me with nothing but love and support. And so I've been slowly but gradually coming out, not because I feel like I have to, but I want to. While my journey is far from over and it's not all sunshine, safety, positivity, and openness, I'm far happier than I've ever been. And I'm so glad I found your podcast. And now. For the second part of this email. Yay, second part. Which first, we want to celebrate that first part. Congratulations. (laughs) And that gives us all the feels.
2: Yes, I connected with so much of that. And I'm so happy. So happy we could be a part of this in any way. And that you've been largely, it sounds like, accepted by the people in your life. That's fantastic.
1: And we're so sorry about your uh, earlier experience. And glad you've been met with so much love and support. You deserve that. Yeah, yes. but yes. yes, on to the second part. I have show recommendations, and we love those. Mm-hmm. I'm here to recommend the show Good Omens, which you're not the first, so I'm excited to hear about this. Good Omens to you, if you haven't already seen it. It is a fantasy comedy created and written by Neil Gaiman, based on his and Terry Pratchett's 1990 novel of the same name. It is a six-episode miniseries on Amazon Prime that stars Michael Sheen and David Tennant my love, as the angel Aziraphale and the demon Crowley, who secretly work together to stop the impending apocalypse. Now, it does have religious themes to it, which can be off-putting if you, like me, grew up religious, going to church and having negative associations with religion. But those religious elements are more related to world building and how Aziraphale and Crowley exist within and react to that world. Plus, the show is light and humorous. I can't express my love for this show enough. And here's the main reason why, confirmed by Neil Gaiman, Aziraphale and Crowley's story was written with the beats of romance. Not only that, but I think it is the male-male asexual love story we've all been waiting for. So here's a Twitter quote that she included, so thank you. Quote, I wouldn't exclude the idea that they are ace or aromantic or trans. They are an angel and a demon, not as make humans per the book. Occult ethereal beings don't have sexes, something we try to reflect in the casting. Whatever Crowley and Asiraphil are, it's a love story. And that's from Neil Gaiman himself. So thank you for that. Um, So for more background, angels and demons are sexless unless they make an effort. Cue characters with they, them pronouns archangels traditionally male played by female actors, androgyny, female actors playing demons who aren't at all sexualized, not even a little bit, Crowley's gender-fluid energy, and God is voiced by a woman. And the show never makes gender presentation the butt of a joke. There's even a scene where the demon Crowley applies to be a nanny for the Antichrist and in doing so, he cosplays as Mary Poppins simply because, according to the book, Crowley loves that movie. David titted as Crowley in this amazing Mary Poppins-inspired outfit, and it's not the butt of the jokes even once. The only joke in that bit is the lullaby he sings to the supposed antichrist about going to sleep and dreaming of the day he will destroy and rule the world. And to top that all off, the angel and the demon don't declare their love for each other through physical acts of love or even in a cinematic kiss, but through their words, spending quality time with each other, e.g. romantic meals with champagne toasts at the Ritz, and acts of service. Anyway, I'd really like for you both to watch and let me know what you think. Maybe even do an episode on it. I'm really curious to see the show from a fresh perspective. I painted a pretty picture, but the show still has flaws, while Neil confirms that avoiding transphobia altogether and giving a f- you to the gender binary, when applicable, was what they were going for. They may not have always achieved it. Also, Crowley's cosplay as Mary Poppins did unfortunately see some backlash, as some did interpret it as transphobic. She asked, "Am I blinded by my love for DT Neil? Maybe. Either way, it's a really entertaining watch, and it was even how I got into fan fiction. Annie, so many fan fiction." And the fandom, everyone is so nice, and the enthusiasms reminds me of Super Who Lock 2.0 without the queer baiting, or at least I'd like to think so. So I'm guessing Super Who Lock is Supernatural, Doctor Who, Sherlock.
2: <laughs> yeah, am I right? Yeah. yeah, I did it. I did uh-huh. it. Okay. Yes, I'm so proud I'm of Lerna. you. I'm so proud of you. I did it. I'm so happy, uh, Lauren, (laughs) that this space has been welcoming (laughs) to you in terms of the fandom and writing fanfiction or reading fanfiction and also welcome, and I'm sorry, because I just (laughs) introduced a friend to fanfiction and she's very angry at me, but also very happy because it does consume (laughs) your world. But yes, I love this show. I have not seen it yet. I, I really recommend it. I want to watch it after reading this email again because... I think I just watched it without my feminist lens course, on. and yeah, was just, yeah. But I think a lot of times when I do like something, it is because it has those elements. It has those things of like, oh, wow, there is this really close relationship and it's not sexual, but it does have this feeling of like being romantic or being really committed, which right. is something I've been thinking about a lot lately is this idea of like being committed without the sexual part, but like just... Finding those people that are your people. Did they sign up for a new season? I thought that was happening. I think so. Yes, I believe there will be another one. Also, yeah, I did really enjoy the book, but uh, you definitely we should we should watch it. Okay. Do an episode need, on it. I
1: need to go watch it. I'll put it on my list. I need new things anyway. Just as long as it doesn't make me cry or feel bad about the world.
2: No, I don't. Am think I going to feel will. bad
1: about the world? No, I don't think. Okay, that. I don't mind destroying the world. Just bad about <laughs> it. Like, are there dogs that are going to be murdered?
2: Lord, I don't remember, and that hopefully oh, there no. isn't one. And then you'll be like, "What's wrong with you?"
1: I'm uh, gonna blame you and Lauren and cry about it for a day. Yeah, I don't that think happens.
2: that's true. It's very stylistic. <laughs> it's very like the design is really cool. I think right. as and you and I have talked about this. I think as people who did grow up religious. And for some reason I do gravitate a lot of times towards religious horror. It's definitely not a horror right. show at all, but like I do find myself like I just know that stuff. I know the Bible and I know these stories. So that's kind I will of, say
1: names like Azeraphil as well as Crowley is not in my realm of Bible studies.
2: Mm. So <laughs> those well, are Crowley newer is probably, I mean, that's like a demon.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: I mean, you got the, right. you got the vibe. But yes, thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that message and for sharing your experience coming out. Um, It's just very, very beautiful. And yes, we shall watch the show and add it to our list. My list. Yes.
0: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring.
1: To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee
2: sounds perfect. So I want to include this next one because, and it actually kind of relates to what we just read, we're about to do an upcoming book club on the book Ace by Angela Chen. And so some of the stuff we're touching on, we're going to touch on in that episode, including this, which is kind of fictional representation of ace people so brandy wrote want to thank you for your happy hour on sexuality i'm writing in to give annie some validation i've identified as arrow ace since i was 24 i'm 35 now and it has been a long road of self-doubt and fear and jealousy and disbelief that i could ever have a happy life without a partner but there has been so much joy too and that's where i have to remember i'm already living that happy life finding a community online, coming out to real-life friends who have validated and uplifted me, going to Pride and waving my ace flag with a big smile on my face, getting so excited anytime a public person or character comes out as ace, feeling smug that I don't have to deal with terrible boyfriends in relationship drama. So I want to share that whatever you're going through, I probably thought it and felt it too, and I see you. I'm proud of you (laughs) <laughs> you don't have to have any answers right now. It's scary, but I feel like we'll never regret being true to ourselves, even if we don't have the exact words for who we are or what we want. I found Bella DePaulo's site very helpful and not feeling alone. She's not ace, but she is happily single, and I've leaned on her wisdom so much over the years. You should check out her work if you haven't yet. belladepaulo.com. I've also found solace in pop culture where I can. There's a newish book called Loveless by Alice Oseman that made me feel so represented and seen. You should definitely pick that up if you haven't yet. I keep a list of characters who seem ace to me. And Luke Skywalker is at the top of that list. (laughs) In New Hope, he seems more in awe of Leia than anything else. An Empire, his reaction to her kissing him was less excitement attraction than satisfaction that he was getting attention over Han, who was clearly bothered by it. I think Luke's smirk was more about Luke knowing Han liked Leia than liking her himself. (laughs) Um, (laughs) When he found out she was his sister, he wasn't disgusted or ashamed that he'd been attracted to her. He just looked like he thought, that's why I like her so much. We're a family. Mary Poppins is also very obviously ace, Watch that jolly holiday scene with Bert and tell me she has anything but platonic feelings for him. He makes a move and she gently rebuffs him. Then he teases her later by naming all of his gal pals and she acts offended. It is most definitely two friends joking around. She's ace in the sequel too. There's Elsa from Frozen Movies, of course. I'm all for hashtag give Elsa a girlfriend, but they didn't, so we get to keep Ace Elsa. (laughs) Mark Watney from The Martian, not a hint of romance in his life, but great friendships. And most of the Hobbits from Lord of the Rings, marriage doesn't seem important in their culture. (laughs) Claire from Jurassic World, I think she's a hetero-romantic ace. Ariadne from Inception, she could not have been less interested in Arthur's Kiss. And Crowley and Aziraphale from Good Omens. Pretty Mm -hmm. much confirmed by Neil Gaiman, although he accepts all headcanon. And my favorite, Joe from Little Women, who cannot be bothered with men and wants to stay with her family forever. And Louisa May Alcott only married her off because she caved to her publisher's pressure. I have more, but this email is already (laughs) too long as it is. I think writers try to include characters who aren't interested in partnering up, but they don't have the vocabulary or the desire to make them ace or they know the higher-ups will insist on a love interest. So I'm really grateful for the ones who do show up on our screens. Aww. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that message. You're so kind. And I, I totally agree with you on Star Wars. And I love it. And yeah, I've got another good omen shout out here. And I and just… you feel so seen. I do. And I… <laughs> I feel like, yeah, we're going to be talking about this with the book, obviously, but I just feel like my ideas are expanding. There's a lot of things I'm like lifting off. Well, it doesn't have to look this one way or it doesn't have to look like this. And and there are all these different interpretations or, or ways that people can be and people can be happy. So I love that. And I'm really, really grateful for people who have sent these messages of their own experiences and and being so open with us. So we really do appreciate it. Yes. And speaking of, if you would like to contact us, you can. Thanks to all the listeners who we who we highlighted in this Women Around the World episode. But if you would like to email us, you can email us at momstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram at Stuff I Never Told You. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Mom Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.